Good morning, I'm Pastor Danny Deeth, and I want to invite you to this special summer worship celebration. Ready Vacation Bible School friends? One, two, three. Welcome to First Presbyterian Church. Yay! Our first lesson comes from Isaiah. 43, chapters 1 through 5. But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my sight and honored, and I have loved you. I give people in return for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. Our second reading is taken from Philippians Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. We are reading chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Uh, chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, encouraging words. Listen again with fresh ears. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything... By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, okay, I can feel a little apprehension, whether... Students getting ready, teachers, I know y'all have been back for a little bit, but that doesn't make it any easier. Families getting ready to kick back the routine, kick the routine off again. And while some of that is exciting and we're glad to get them back into a routine, things are shifting a little bit. So I will ease the tension with a few back-to-school jokes. What did the triangle say to the circle? You're pointless. If Matt has 60 cookies and he eats half of them, what does he have? Stomach ache. Right, thank you. Good one. Uh, this is for our librarians, not looking at anyone in particular. What do librarians take with them when they go fishing? Bookworms. Yep, you saw that one. Saw that one coming. So Tommy is in class and his teacher says, Tommy, please tell us where the Declaration of Independence was signed. And Tommy says, at the bottom. Yes, got one, got one, yes. Little Susie comes home from her first day of school. Her mom says, how was it? What did you learn today? And Susie says, well, apparently not enough. They want me to come back tomorrow. And then finally... 
Why was the teacher wearing sunglasses? Because her students were all so bright. <laughs> yes, yes. Today, our sermon is designed for Backpack Sunday, for those getting ready to go back. But Paul is speaking to us of larger life lessons that we encounter, that some of our students and teachers are encountering tomorrow or whenever they go back. So let's take a look at the letter in and of itself. Paul is writing, and this is one of his celebrated works. Only four chapters, and one of the things that typifies this letter is joy. It's joy. How many times do you read the Bible? And joy is all over the place. But this is specific. Paul loves these people and loves this church. They have had a great history and relationship together. We think Paul wrote this while in prison in Rome. So in the midst of being imprisoned in Philippi, Paul writes this to this church. We don't think there was a synagogue. Often Paul's MO, his standard operating procedure, was to go to a new city, find out if there was a, a synagogue, and then start there trying to teach about Christ to them. There was a place of prayer, but we don't think that was a synagogue. So we think all of those in Philippi were almost all Gentiles, meaning just all non-Jews. And again, in that process, Paul develops this relationship and a love for these people that fills his heart with joy. How can he have joy in the midst of being in prison where his life is at risk? He doesn't know the future. Well, it's because joy is different than happy. We've had this conversation before. Paul is showing us again. Joy doesn't always mean we're happy and everything's perfect and we're laughing. Joy, at its core, as a biblical word, means that we know that God is with us. There's a Roman Catholic spiritualist who was telling about the criteria for canonizing a saint. And one of them is to be able to detect joy in their lives and in their ministry because there are no such things, to quote him, as a sad saint. No such thing as a sad saint. Now, does that mean that that, that person was never sad? Of course not. Does it mean they didn't experience tragedy or live in an environment where they were seeking to help? Put, put yourself in Mother Teresa's shoes. She was in a horrible environment most of her life, and yet she cared and loved for so many. What gave her that joy? Because she knew God was with her. Joy doesn't always mean we're smiling or bouncy or happy. It could mean that we are broken and something awful has happened to us, someone we love, to the world. But that hard-earned joy comes through Christ who walks with us no matter what. God tells us again and again and again. That Isaiah passage that Abby read to you, when you walk through the waters, you will not 
be overcome. You walk through the fire, you will not be burned. You are with you, you are mine, and I love you, says God. Straight out. God says it. And here, we see that similar process for what Paul is telling us. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, Paul says for his friends in Philippi. Stand firm in the Lord, and in this way, my beloved. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. So that's that joy. Again, that always isn't about dancing and having fun and being happy. It's the knowledge of Christ and God with us. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything. But in everything, be in prayer, thanksgiving, and that elusive peace that we don't quite understand that comes from God will surround you. Just don't worry, friends. Adults, take yourselves back. High school, middle school, elementary school, older elementary school. Do you remember the first day? Sometimes things go well. Sometimes things don't go well. And friends, I'm not here to tell you everything's going to go perfect tomorrow as teachers or students. But from the student perspective, there's some reason to have some anxiety, especially if you're changing schools. You're going from elementary to middle or middle to high or high school to college or college to graduate school, whatever. You're changing physical spaces, even unless you were in the same grade you were last year. You will be in different parts of that school. Things could go bad. You could get out of your car and with your brand new shoes, step on a big wad of gum on the way in. Don't, don't look, everything's fine. Look at my outfit. I'm coordinated. You could get to your class, sit down, and realize you are in the wrong class. Simply get up, ask your teacher where is the right class, and go. You work the problem, people. You work the problem. You may sit next to that person that maybe you weren't too crazy about. What if this is the person that picked on you a little bit last year and now you're plopped right down next to them? Ugh. This is the teacher that you might get that says, enough with your laughing. We are here to learn. You will do papers and tests until I am satisfied. You could get that one. When you sit down at lunch, mom or dad could be trying something new. If they send that, your lunch with you, maybe a Brussels sprout casserole they put on two pieces of bread. Mm, that's not going to do much for you in the black market world of lunches. You're trading up. Mm, that could happen. That probably won't happen, but it could happen. You could get lost. Not sure if you have your bus pass if you're riding the bus. 
and you go home, you get on that bus or you did that first thing that morning and it smells just like you remember. It's like a foot wrapped in cheese in the dumpster behind a sushi restaurant. Yes, the bus. All of that could go wrong or everything could go great. You could ride the bus and that special someone you had your eye on last year could be there with a seat next to him. Hey, why don't you come sit with me? How you doing? You could walk in in your first class. Your teacher could say, I'm trying something new. We won't have homework, tests, papers. And my family owns a pizza restaurant, so every day we will have free pizza, homemade and hot for everyone. At lunch, you could sit with that popular crowd. They could say, we've been waiting for you. Come and sit with us. You are awesome. Be one of us. And on and on. My guess, however, is that some of both of those may happen tomorrow. At best, right, you keep it all under the radar. Nobody wants to call attention to themselves. Nobody wants to step out of line. Nobody wants to drop your books. But there will be some celebrations and some challenges. Celebrations, you give thanks, as Paul says, in all that we do, ask for prayer, and in thanksgiving, we celebrate. And for those things that don't go well, know that there's time to work them out. If your schedule's wrong, or you don't quite have it figured out, your timing, you can't use the locker because you keep messing up the combination lock in the time, the 37 seconds you have between classes to use it. All that, friends, you're going to work out. Teachers, same thing for you. The same way that the, the students don't know what they're getting in a teacher, you don't know what you're getting in students. Students, we know there are good teachers that you are going to connect with, and some that will be more challenging. Teachers, you know that there are some students that are going to be more relatable and easier to work with, and some that will be more of a challenge. That's the way it all works. We know that. One of the best teachers I had was in high school. I was in Walnut Creek, California, Northgate High School. My senior English class, Mr. Friss, F-R-I-S-S. And he was the one that was always a little different than the rest. And we were right in the middle of the SAT prep, all the classes, all the other senior classes were running their vocabulary lists. And Mr. Frist said, no, we will not. We will practice vocabulary within the normal context of our conversations. And if you don't understand a word, you will write it down. And on your own time, you will look it up and know that word. Most of the time, I liked him. He was a little bit different. I, and my family had missed a Friday and we had gone on a trip and that was a presentation day. I came back Monday, I said, I'm sorry I was gone, the family was gone. He said, oh, that's, that's fine, Mr. Deep. 
What I need you to do is make a convincing argument to the rest of the class why they should come before class to hear you do your presentation. If I were you, I would get donuts. I have to do what? I have to beg to the rest of my class to come before school early so I can do my presentation? Yes. Okay. Well, I did. And they came. And we ate donuts and I did my presentation. Some of those teachers push you in a way you're not comfortable with. Sometimes those can be our favorites later on once we figure that out. But fear is something that threatens all of us. We don't want bad things to happen to us. We don't want to call attention to ourselves in negative ways. We hope we get the right classes and the right teachers or the right students and the right whatever. And Paul is saying, because we are in Christ, you have joy. Why do you have joy? Because you're in Christ. What does that mean? It means you are not alone. It means that in the most difficult situation, as messed up as things may be, as confusing as things will be, you are not alone. This Joshua passage, right on. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Similar words in Joshua as we get in Paul. So our challenge today is twofold. Number one, don't suffer in silence. Great advice for us as adults as well. If something's wrong, ask somebody. If those new shoes of yours aren't broken in yet and there is a blister the size of the Empire State Building on your toe and you can't walk, ask your teacher if you can have a Band-Aid. I know it can be horrible to think of interacting with teachers, but they are there to support you. If there are other things wrong, talk to those who can help you and don't be afraid of that. Adults, the same thing. Do not suffer in silence on those things in your life you think may have overcome you and you are powerless to fight against. As a member of this church family, we have an arrangement with a pastoral institute and we will cover your first six sessions with a counselor or a therapist if that's what you need. All of us can benefit, no matter how strong and stable, from talking to somebody about challenges in our life, all of us. We want to help you with that. Those are small things and big things. Don't suffer in silence. Tell someone or ask someone if you need help in any way. Nine out of ten times, people will help you. Yes, they'll be the one person like seniors in my high school. We didn't have a pool at our high school. Swim team used a community pool. And so the upperclassmen would sometimes enjoy being asked by the freshmen, where's the math class? Freshman math class? Yeah, through the doors, you'll see the pool and you take a left. There's no pool. That's not nice. Don't do that. Be helpful. But nine out of ten times, people are going to help you. But you need to ask and be courageous enough not to suffer in silence. 
And then secondly, just keep calm. This peace that passes all understanding is that which we all seek in our journey with Christ. It is precisely that joy that we've talked about, that God is with us, and if God is with us, then we are not alone. The one who made us, the one who loves us, continues to fill us and won't leave us. In whatever corner of the lunchroom you find yourself, in those weird rooms off of the gym, God is there too. Everybody go home and read Psalm 139, 1 through 14 before you go to school tomorrow. It basically says, wherever you go, God is there to love you and to hold you. It talks about how God made us fear. We are fearfully and wonderfully made and God is with us. That is why we are people of joy. That is why when we encounter fear and difficult situations, we still don't know how things are going to come out, but we know that we're not alone. Sometimes you're not going to be able to get that combination lock. Sometimes you're going to step in that gum. Sometimes you're going to be embarrassed and worse. But you stand up. You know you're a child of God. You know you are loved by God, your family, this congregation, and so many others. You work the problem. You move on to the next. So when you go tomorrow, friends, students, teachers, Know that you don't go alone. It may feel like it. It's going to be awkward. It's going to take you a couple weeks to figure things out and get settled in. But don't suffer in silence and know that that peace is within us when we remember that we are loved by an amazing God. Hallelujah. Amen.